$92.2 billion, the size of the fiscal year 2020 budget proposed by Mayor Bill de Blasio for New York City just yesterday. The total budget is growing 1% over fiscal year 2019, but the city-funded portion of the budget will be growing by 3.4% in excess of inflation and building on a 24% increase in the city-funded budget since Mayor de Blasio has been in office. What's in this budget and what's not? Welcome to our episode on the New York City Preliminary Budget for 2020. Welcome to What's the Data Point from Citizens Budget Commission and Gotham Gazette. I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. I'm Maria Dulles from the CBC. And as Maria just said, we're here today to talk about the hot off the presses preliminary budget for the next fiscal year from Mayor Bill de Blasio. He held a press conference at City Hall on Thursday, so we're here on Friday to break it all down. And we should note, of course, that it's a preliminary budget, so it's a plan, it's an outline, and it will be the subject of a lot of scrutiny and negotiations and hearings before a final budget is due by July 1st. And here to talk through it all with us is Sally Goldenberg, returning to the podcast. She's the City Hall Bureau Chief for Politico New York. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So let's jump right in. Um, $92.2 billion. What are the sort of top line headlines that folks should know about this preliminary budget? What's what's one thing that stands out, Sally? Well, one thing the mayor focused on yesterday was that personal income taxes are down from last year by $935 million, I think was the number. Um, and it seems like there are a few reasons for that. One is that last year was a bit of an outlier and income taxes were higher because of the federal tax overhaul and how people were paying. So they were, I think they were always anticipating they'd be down, but they're down even more than they expected because the stock market really fluctuated wildly in December. So they're, um, the overall personal income tax is down. And since December, in December and January, the returns on capital gains and dividends and things called unearned income or you know like non-traditional income, they were down from their projections. Usually the city budgets kind of cautiously and they get more money than they expect. This time they got less. So and that, it's, it's somewhat similar to what we heard Governor Cuomo and Comptroller DiNapoli talk about right. earlier in the week. And so there's some red flags on the state. So the state level. is facing, I think they said, a $2.3 billion hit to income taxes, which is or income mm-hmm. tax revenue to the state. Um, and the city's is less than that, but still significant. The city, I think, relies less on income taxes than the state does because there's some uh, very expensive real estate, so property taxes are a big source of income here. Um, but anyway, that reduction has caused Mayor de Blasio to say for the first time since taking office in 2014, agencies have to cut their budgets. Before, it was this sort of, you know, voluntary thing. People could put up their hands and offer some savings. They didn't have to. It was uh, very soft, as CBC has pointed out for <laughs> years. And this time they have to do it. They have a mandate of $750 million that they have to find. Um, he says each agency will be given a specific target kind of tailored to their needs, but nobody will be held harmless. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what agencies come up with because they haven't had to do this exercise since Bloomberg left office. So it's really interesting because the state um, had a really sharp um, curveball thrown in the budget process right after the governor proposed his budget because their, what they projected to collect in the current year was off by $2.3 billion. 
in the city's case, it's it's not as sharp, right? They're seeing some of the same signs of weakening, and obviously there's a lot of the similar overlapping tax base. Um, but their estimates, as you said, are always have always been more cautious. And in in the net, in the aggregate, they're actually expecting a little bit more tax revenue overall. But it's enough for the, as Sally said, for the mayor to say, well, okay, we need to to be a little bit more cautious here. But now, how that plays out in the budget. Um, you know, I sort of we heard the same thing from the mayor last year, and there was a mismatch between kind of some of the rhetoric and what he was saying and what you see in the budget. Because if you're going to start preparing for something, you start saving a lot, and we don't really see that here. It's the same citywide savings plan that they've done. They're recognizing some revenue one shot. They're doing right. a little debt service, but it's it, it wasn't okay. You know, agencies, I really need you to come to the table and think about how to do things better. Now, what he's saying is, well, I didn't do that in this plan, but by April, I'm going to get more strict with these agencies and have them think about how to do this. And right. So folks should know this $750 million he's promising from this program, he hasn't factored in yet. He's saying in the next sure. update to the budget right. by in April, April, after city council hearings and negotiations with the city right. council, and once they get a better feel of what the, once mm-hmm. they know what's in the state budget – He'll have a new budget plan that includes yes. the savings program. Yes. Talk, Sally, say more about the significance of him actually putting this out there, though. I mean, he's been resistant well, to doing this. Yeah, and I, I was always sort of under the impression that part of that came from a, a reaction or a correction in his mind to Bloomberg. Like, I think he wants to be a very different mayor from Bloomberg. I think as a councilman and a public advocate himself, he fought Bloomberg's cuts. He thought they were you know, kind of cold and calculating and not, you know, in the, and not with an eye toward vulnerable New Yorkers that he, that he, me, uh, de Blasio represents that make up his voting base. So I think he really wanted to be like a different mayor in regard to budgeting. And I think that factored into like why he didn't do it. So it's significant that he's doing it. It's also a little surprising to me because even though the PIT is down, all other economic indicators are good. So he said yesterday, excuse me, kind of surprisingly, I thought the recession's there's a recession coming this year or next year, but there's going to be a recession. I'm really concerned, and we and you know he his whole language was different. Like I want the agencies to hear me say this. You know, it was like tough talk mm-hmm. that he's never given. Um, I, will, I will I will say on that though, I I feel like for several years now. Maybe not in the same exact language, but he's been getting up there and saying, you know, this the good times can't keep going forever. Yeah, but right? he's never said we have to do no, something no, no, about it. Right, <laughs> he right, just right. continues to grow the budget. Totally. I, I just think, you know, because this recovery has gone on for so long and this growth has gone on for so long, people keep expecting that to sort of be around the next curve. But with the tax reform, maybe that people are getting, he's getting more serious about it. But also the the amount that the budget has grown over well, his tenure. Uh, that's the thing. Like you can cut within agencies. You can make them cut. Let's see what they are. And if they're actually lit, what I would call, or Maria would call a cut versus like found money or not spending on something they were never really going to spend on, new revenue, whatever it is, you know, that kind of remains to be seen. Um but even as he's done that on a voluntary basis and even as he intends to do it on a mandated basis, the budget itself has gone up. It was $75 billion plus when he took office in January of 2014. It's now $92.2. It's about a $17 billion increase over five years. So 
he's cutting within the budget, but the totality of the budget has really soared. Right. He's promising some more savings by the next plan, but the budget is still going to be larger year over year. Yeah, but they're not, again, they're not cuts, right? I mean, even in the darkest days of the recession where the Bloomberg administration was really hacking away and they were giving agencies really aggressive targets, even then agency budgets were growing year over year, right? Not that some of the things weren't painful. Um, And I think you're right, Sally, that Bill Bill de Blasio was a councilman and had a reaction to some of those cuts. Um, because they started to get really severe and affect things that people care about, firehouses, youth slots. There was the year that, you know, there were going to be teachers on the chopping block, right? It was really intense. Um, But under his savings plans, they're not really cutting anything. A lot of it has just kind of been shuffling money around, doing debt service savings. And I, I don't mean to say they shouldn't do that. They should. It's part of managing your budget. But going beyond that and sort of having the discipline of reviewing your agency operations. And one thing that always struck me is, you know, de Blasio came in, Mayor de Blasio came in and wanted to sort of like reset a lot of things. Right. And, you know, it was the perfect opportunity after 12 years of a Bloomberg administration to say, hey, I'm going to start looking at these things structurally and how these agencies work and thinking about which programs I think are priorities and which are not and, and moving the resources around accordingly. And that never really happened. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, if you flip open the citywide savings plan that they put out yesterday, I just kind of flipped it randomly to a page, and the first thing I saw was a re-estimate for one of the agencies, and the next thing was expected increase from some fee that the Department of Buildings uh, issues. So those aren't really what you would consider a cut. It's not like this program didn't work, it's inefficient, I'm going to spend less on it next year. And at the, and while he has overseen and even pushed a very aggressive increase in the headcount of of city employees. And again, some of that pre-K, 3K things that people have said, you know, almost universally are are good programs. In a number of other agencies, it just seems like a lot of bloat has been added. Now he's saying he announced a partial hiring freeze last year, Mm -hmm. and now they're sort of pushing that ahead a little bit more. He's sort of saying there will be less hiring, they'll be, will allow more attrition to occur. So that's right in line with what you guys are saying, that the quote unquote cuts or savings is really, you know, a variety of mechanisms to not keep growing the budget, but it's not necessarily a real tightening of the belt. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but those, the headcount freeze, those aren't filled positions anyway. Right. That's right. I mean, that's, that's what they did in the last plan where they said, well, we had a thousand vacancies. We're taking them out of the plan which should lead one to question, well, how many more heads are in there? Right. And yes, the headcount is still going to be growing, right? It grew by over 30,000 employees and will continue to grow under this plan. So there, there's still a, a lot there. Right. Folks should know agencies put right. in requests, you mm-hmm. know, new mm-hmm. need. They get approved or disapproved or they get negotiated with the Office of Management and Budget. And then these different agencies, whether it's Department of Transportation, Correction, et cetera, et cetera, uh, can fill those positions. But it sometimes... If there's unfilled positions, they roll over to the next fiscal year or in some cases, as you're saying, they will say, actually, instead of having 100 positions you can still fill, let's knock that down or something. One thing I do want to give him credit for that he said yesterday is that, you know, he's right that it's not necessarily failures that should be eliminated. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes if a program isn't working right, you have to ask if it needs more resources to get to the point of effectiveness. But, you know, if you have an agency that's running something that's successful and the experience that comes with that as you go along is a good kind of point to say, oh, wait, can we do this a little bit better? Can we do this with three people instead of four? You know, now we've got five years of, of 
experience in the field and we see we can do this a little bit differently and still get the same results. And it's kind of like having the discipline and the practice of asking those questions and having that be a part about how you run an agency operation. So, you know, we sort of like go to the end point of like service cuts, but it's not, or, you know, eliminating things. And there needs to be some of that, but it doesn't have to only be that. And folks need to understand, and most people listening to this do, that some of these agencies are massive. Yeah. And and some of these city agencies have individual agency budgets in the several of billions of dollars. Of course, that's how you get to 92 billion. But, you know, the NYPD is well over $5 billion in annual spending. The DOE is over 20 billion, I believe. You know, huge numbers. And of course, salaries are big parts of that and, and all of that. But if Anybody thinks there isn't room to find efficiency. There aren't certain things, you know, that that can't be pushed down the line or just removed. And you know, efficiencies found. You know, that's obviously misguided. Um, the increase in spending. I want to I want to get to what the the mayor said about the state uh, in a second. But increases in spending. Maria said about three billion dollars outlined in increased city spending that he's that he's talking about. Um, he said. Labor costs, mm-hmm. uh, because there have been some newly signed contracts yeah. that have to be factored in. Uh, more education spending that relates to what three K mm-hmm. uh, expanding real rollout and and some of their programs there. Some debt service costs, mm-hmm. fringe benefits. Um, he complained about mandatory charter school spending yeah. that the city has to do. Which that may goes or may back not be his state. own fault. Um, <laughs> well, right. That's, well, we'll have to have another episode <laughs> just on charter school stuff. We haven't done that. We should. Yeah, um, totally. And so that sort of gets gets to that neighborhood of, of that increase in spending. Mm-hmm. But he's not – he hasn't really announced – oh, and health care. He also – right? Mm-hmm. There's new costs – a small amount in this small. budget, twenty five million, I think he said, that That's, goes up to a hundred million for the new NYC care. Yeah, I think a yes. hundred million sounds right. It, it ramps up to a hundred million, but it's small. Now the other thing oh, is Oh, fair, fair. That's oh, it. You were you gonna you say beat that? Beat okay. me to <laughs> it. Sorry. You yeah. beat me to it. Well, That's so it. that's 106 million, I right. think. Right. Which yeah. is what was in this budget, right? Because it was for half the calendar year, 106, mm-hmm. right? Because the fiscal year starts July. Right. So last mm-hmm. fiscal year, they put in 106 mm-hmm. for January to July, and now he's got another 106 in the next one. For the rest of the year. But yeah. of course, there's going to be all sorts of probably re estimates on that because this program's rolling out so slowly. So. I mean, right. this is going to go. If, if this program is going to be effective, first of all, it needs to be in the baseline of the budget. <laughs> And there needs to be a serious, you know, implementation. But again, that's probably another episode as well. Right. And they've said that it's yeah. it's still a pilot and right. who knows what's going to happen. So what, his message on the state was that the governor is proposing hundreds of millions of dollars in cuts. So he threw or, out or a n- Yeah, he threw out a number of $600 million. Um, the, the state disputed it. And... Uh, it all happened kind of late in the day, so I, I personally couldn't really come to a conclusion on who's right. I'm sure there's a way in which both could be right or both could be wrong, as things with budgets always are. So I can't really um, referee that number, but that was the number he put out, the mayor put out there, $600 million in a hit from the state. Um, but And sometimes that, that is, comes in... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's before Governor Cuomo knew that the state was taking a $2.3 billion hit from a loss of income taxes. So whatever... Which the mayor even acknowledged. He said, and that was even... Yeah. yeah let's see what so happens So like next. whatever, yeah. whatever um, he, pain he thought he was going to feel, um, you know, when the state's preliminary budget came out, he's obviously 
infer a different set of problems, but you know, based on this he's, new he's information not, we got this week from the state. Right. He's not wrong that the governor has historically looked and will probably look again this year to shift costs to the city. For sure. With some justification, I would say, just based on the fact that the state's fiscal picture is tougher than the city's and the mayor has been growing the budget at a fast... I mean, disagree. I don't don't know what I... It's not outrageous, right? Um, It's not an outrageous thing to do. At the same time, there's some things that are better funded at the state. You know, one area I think probably that leads de Blasio to get to that number is he's overestimating what he would get in school aid, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's a debate about what, you know, how much the city's putting in versus the state Mm -hmm. and you want... And what he thinks they deserve. Right. So, you know, it's complicated, but it, it wouldn't be outrageous depending on what they were doing. Now, I think some of the things that the governor has tried to do to get the city to pay more have been a little bit outrageous. Fair. Not including his proposal now that they should just pick up the entire cost of the New York City Transit Capital Plan. Right. And there was no new money for the MTA yesterday, de Blasio said. Well, a lot of this, we should point out, is part of the negotiation. I don't even want to use the word dance because that has a different connotation here. But but the mayor, as Sally just said, not putting more (laughs) MTA money in his budget and, you know, talking about these cuts and cost shifts from the state that, as you just said, Maria, some of it is just, oh, well, this is what they put in their numbers to for expectations. You know, that's not exactly necessarily fair uh, to call then that a cut or a cost shift. You know, all of this is setting up for the process that's about to roll out. The mayor will be in Albany on Monday mm-hmm. giving his budget annual budget testimony to a joint session of the state legislature in their in their localities and cities hearing, and he usually leads that off. So that'll be very interesting to see where state lawmakers push and press and what's mm-hmm. on their mind, because with this new reality in Albany of a democratically controlled state senate and therefore the both houses of the legislature – you know, he needs his allies there yeah. to push back on what the governor's trying to do. And he he got a lot of help on that even a couple of years ago when there were those major proposals from Cuomo on CUNY and Medicaid. But each year is different. And, and we'll see what the priorities are, yeah. are there. Um, okay. Anything else on the state? No, I yeah. think that covers it. I mean, Monday, Monday will be yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it kind of remains to be seen with the state. Right, and, and, I mean, th- and that and, might help us get more concrete numbers out of both sides. Yeah, and, you know, the state could actually help in some cases, right? Like, if you were going to do some more expansive procurement reform on the design build the city has been seeking mm-hmm. and go a little further, like some of the proposals, you know, that is constructive, and the state can help that. And you could see a bargain being made where there's some dollar cost shift, but increased flexibility, which could and help generate some savings. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be optimistic for once. <laughs> we, we, we mentioned the MTA. NYCHA is obviously this other big entity that's been, you know, there's been so much discussion, controversy, state contributions, city contributions, NYCHA a little bit maybe more federal. But this budget presentation, maybe it's just worth noting for folks listening that the mayor gave yesterday, NYCHA is not really a major factor there, right? Well, the money that, uh, that's correct. And I think the reason is that the money that the city now has to put forward for NYCHA uh, per an agreement with the federal government that was signed a week, two, uh, recently. About a week ago, yeah. It, it feels all, like a while. It all blends <laughs> together, yeah. Um, per that agreement, the city has to give, I think it's $2.2 billion over 10 years at least, but that's capital money. So I think he was saying that the expense budget that the city didn't, you know, give more to NYCHA. 
They did tell reporters in a briefing following his budget presentation that NYCHA will not be part of the cuts. NYCHA will not have to make cuts as part of his um, program to make cuts uh, or require agencies to make cuts. But the money that he's going to have to give NYCHA is capital money. And the capital budget, it is worth taking that moment to just say that has grown pretty tremendously and is now 100. The 10-year capital budget is now $104 million, which is billion. billion, Thank you. Um, Which is, I think, $8 billion more than it was two years ago when they put it out. They have exceeded the threshold, $100, $100 billion. billion. Yes. On the expense side, we're not that far away. Yeah. No, we're not. Uh, right. Very important. Again, many folks listening may know this, but the expense and capital budgets are separate. And when they do the capital budget, what every two years, they sort of... Every year, they do a four-year every... plan, and then every two years, they do a 10-year plan. And what what's considered, what the city considers um, sort of a mark of fiscal responsibility is that the... Maria can correct me if I'm wrong. The debt is does not exceed fifteen percent of yeah, the, the total serve. budget, basically. Right. So the, the debt, debt repayments that we make out of the operating budget don't exceed fifteen percent of tax revenues. So they they feel comfortable that this is within the threshold. Of course, right? If there's volatility <laughs> in tax revenues and they plummet, um, you may be bumping against that. Or but of when course, they start adding to the capital budget, they didn't put, you know, they want to build four new jails. They didn't put that in the capital right. budget. There are things that they know they're going to have to spend money on that aren't in there yet. But you've also pointed this out at CBC that that's just an, one example of how the capital budget is is sort of out of whack and unrealistic and it's just... There's things in there that aren't really going to happen when they say, and it's just right. not a- So, So they're saying now that they're finally, in terms of the 10-year plan, trying to be more realistic about the timing of it. You know, things that they were all jamming in the first four years, they're now spreading out to be more realistic. We'll have to take a close look to see if that's true. I mean, in the past, what was what was clear was that there were routine functions of government, like, you know, water main replacement that'd be zeroed out in the later years and you'd be like that's not that's not right how can i take this plan seriously right i think more problematic is you have this 100 you know five billion dollars proposed and you you know very easy basic question is okay so what what are we getting for that like how many housing units how many miles of road repaid yeah how Mm. many seats i mean you know, schools, we know how many seats, right? Roads, we know a little bit. And, and that's about it in terms uh-huh. of, like, what one can expect from that investment. And I think that is just not good enough given the importance of infrastructure mm-hmm. and the need to, you know, basically invest in things that are high priority, can improve services for New Yorkers, um, and generate a return on investment. So it, there's a lot of problems with the capital with the capital plan, with capital budgeting in the city in general, and actually the council here is starting to turn its eye, bring that up. Good. Yeah, yeah, to the to this topic, and we'll be pushing some bills to kind of get transparency on specific projects, which is excellent. And mm-hmm. I think now we have the data tools online that allow us to do that in a more nimble way. Um, but we still, I think there's a lot to talk you know talk about and question in terms of the the strategy and the planning around how the city does capital investment. I think we'll also mark that for a future episode to really deconstruct some of that. But I'll also note just on that front, two two more things. One, that the city council speaker, Corey Johnson, did create a subcommittee on the capital budget. Now that they're into year two here, we should start to see them have more of an impact. You mentioned the bills that might be coming up, but also in these hearings that are about to start. Let's see how they do on the capital budget. But the other key point 
that folks should take to heart is that the debt service is part of the expense budget and yeah. that is growing and that's part of the budget growth that we've seen and that is something that really needs to be have an eye kept on it, especially as we talk about the possibility of recession. Um, now, the mayor made some interesting points on that and also just the budget growth, which is that he says, you know, I'm a Keynesian. I don't believe in austerity. I believe these are investments. You know, it's almost like the growth of the city workforce has also been a jobs program for the city <laughs> for middle class jobs, which there's something to discuss there maybe. But, um, you know, that's sort of his his philosophy, his argument. And he's been very lucky that he's been able to do it this He's way. been very lucky. In this regard, he's been extraordinarily lucky because he hasn't really had to – he has been able to say – accurately that he has increased reserves, you know, money for a rainy day, for lack of a better term, while, you know, so he can say to people, look, yes, I'm spending more and I'm doing it because your children now have pre-K and you can afford your housing and, you know, there are more homeless shelters or there will be in the next few years and roads are getting paved and everyone gets a municipal ID. And so he can basically put forth his entire agenda within the confines of the budget and say, but don't worry, fiscal watchdogs, I'm saving more than anyone ever did. So yes, he's been very lucky. <laughs> On that front, I'm glad you brought that up. He, in this preliminary budget, is not outlining more savings than he did last year. Right. The reserves, I think, are about five and a half billion something in that area and that's what it was last year he has grown them he grew them in the first term i think he grew um the general reserve he created he created a new reserve for the capital budget that uh you may know maria better than i do what it's done if they've i guess they draw it down each year yeah it's just, it initially was billed as something that would help um the city hedge against rising debt service costs but also maybe be a pot of money to better scope capital projects so that they wouldn't you know run as over budget as they do but like you said they just roll that money year over year yeah now. it's just another reserve right? so it's just 1.25 annually in the budget and then you know to his credit there was this trust fund that mayor bloomberg established and he said it would be for retiree health costs which are you know as large there's this large liability same as as pensions that we provide to to city workers um and then when the recession came, they just started to deplete the fund. And to his credit, de Blasio didn't have to keep it, right? This was a novelty. He could have said, yep, but, you know. He, he built he, it back up. He mm. built it back up, it's and now it's at its highest balance. I mean, unfortunately, like Bloomberg, they view it as a rainy, you know, as a rainy day fund, not as what it should be used for. Um, and, and we should note, though, that the, especially if the budget is going to be larger, if the, if the savings set aside are about the same, they're mm -hmm. still – the percentage of the of the budget, there's still a lower, uh, you know, the controller uses the budget cushion phrase, you know, it's right. still a lower budget cushion than at least the controller. And I think CBC has even said is is good enough if there's going to be a serious recession. Yeah. So I mean, we have modeled, you know, what happens if we if we repeat the experience in 01 or in the 08 recession and you lose a lot of revenue really fast over several years, not just one. It's not like you figure it out in that year. Um, and, you know, you're talking about 15, 20 billion dollars of shortfall over several years. And this, the reserves will not cut that, right? So then you get to where you're forced to have the service cuts that we were talking about and to have to do that in a really kind of frantic way to generate the savings quickly. And that's not the way you, that's not the best way to do it. So last minute here, mm -hmm. um, 
Sally Goldenberg of Politico New York. Um, what are we watching for next? We're watching for the mayor's testimony in Albany. Uh, city council hearings are going to start. And we have to keep an eye on these the tax. Board. Yeah, this, Sorry, uh, the state budget. I think, mm. I think uh, whatever the mayor says in Albany Monday is important. I think, uh, you know, as are the city council hearings. But the main thing is how this recognition of $2.3 billion loss on the state level affects the city. So it's really important um, to, uh, to see that, and that will be reflected in Mayor de Blasio's executive budget, which will come out in April or May. Right. The state budget is due by April 1st. The city budget due by July 1st. So you have that window where the city then gets to react to the state. We'll also see what other developments there are on the federal level. The mayor raised, you know, a flag again about there could be another federal government shutdown coming up. So we'll see what happens there. Anything you want to add to that list? Anything, Maria, you're no, watching No, I mean, the for? next, the next, you know, after the testimony, the next real milestone is the 30-day amendments that the governor will release probably February 14, 15. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, hopefully it's sweet for Mayor de Blasio, right. but I'm not optimistic it will be. Um, so that's that's the next big milestone after, you know, and then we'll see the hearings and, and see what else the council think is thinking about this. And budget. the state will continue to report on what those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tax payments and things coming in, and we'll know probably quite a bit more, not until filings are in in April, right? We'll know Mm -hmm. we'll get a lot more of a sense of things, and that'll be after the next state budget is decided. So that gets pretty tricky um, in terms of looking at some of those numbers. The only last thing I guess I'll add or jump back in if another thoughts popped up, but, um, you know, this, this discussion over MTA funding, congestion pricing, and then the governor's proposal you know, for the city and state to split the rest 50-50, you know, that's all going to come to a head here as well. And, and again, that might largely be on the capital side of things, but is going to be a major point of uncertainty for a little while here. Yes, and it's anyone's guess because congestion pricing is not going to be enough. They're still going to have a hold. The MTA needs to propose a capital plan, right? They may not, they decide, they may decide not to handle this in budget, which means it plays out until June when they end the legislative session. And so if it's not enough, what else, right? And then that may impact what the city has to provide and, or you know, the city as the city of New York or city taxpayers. So Yes. Okay. So that's our 30-minute reaction to the mayor's preliminary budget plan and what to look for next. Sally, thank you as always for coming in. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.